Welcome to another episode of Consider This. My name is Justin Ebert, and I'm in the studio with Jack Merrill today. We are continuing our series on becoming Christian, and you are going to be encouraged and challenged by the faith of a man who has had his life turned upside down by the gospel. Uh, We hope you enjoy. Well, Jackie... T. Merrill, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Oh, you're too kind. Not actually Jackie T. It's Jack just Jack A. Jack A. Jack Alden. Jack Alden. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Alan, okay. so I'm very sorry about that. It's Please okay. forgive me. I will. Tell your mother I'm sorry. <laughs> what is Alden like a family name or just they thought it was cool? Jason Aldean? So, like, was there a connection there? <laughs> not your Jason country? Aldean, okay. no. I do love country music, but Jason Aldean is not my cup of tea. Hmm. Um, but yeah, my mom and dad both that. One had an Uncle Jack, one had an Uncle Alden, and so I just got that. And then my grandma on my mom's side, huge golfer, so she swears I'm named after Jack Nichols. <laughs> um, and that's what Nicholas? she- Is Nicholas? Nicholas? Jack, Jack Nicholas? Nicholas? Yeah. yeah, I'm not a golfer. So I, I can tell. <laughs> Both by looking at you <laughs> and by that comment. Um, and then I've, uh, I kind of say this, it's definitely not true, but through my dad's family lineage, um, I'm related to a barrel maker named John Alden from the Mayflower. And so I'm, wow. like, oh. I'm like, yeah, that's where I got my name. Yeah, name. you have more <laughs> barrel maker vibes <laughs> than uh, golfer vibes. I just want I to have the barrel chest. So. We no longer do podcasts visually. And so if you've never seen Jack, he looks like a barrel. So he looks like he lifts <laughs> barrels, makes barrels. So that seems that seems fair. Mm-hmm. So that's where the name came from. Well, we are in our Becoming Christian series. And Jack, one of my favorite things about you is you know you're the kind of person when people meet you you're a crisis man as jim Mm -hmm. elliott talks about you you communicate about jesus all the time and you are constantly pointing people to jesus Uh, but that is actually something that's fairly new in your Mm -hmm. story you've only been following jesus for a few years now Mm -hmm. and the majority of your life has been spent on the world's terms and you know, your story is one that's really encouraged my faith, and that's why we want you here. Uh, I think your story is going to really encourage the people that listen to this podcast. So um, let's get into it. Let's dig down into the life mm. of Jack Merrill. Tell us a little bit about early life, family mm-hmm. background, and work us into the college journey. For sure. Yes, yeah, so I grew up in Austin, Texas. So for those of you who've been there, pretty crazy town. Um, it's weird. Steph, keep it weird, baby. Oh my we goodness. love it. They could tone it down a little. <laughs> hey, I got the tie-dye shirt. I rock it. <laughs> Jack, Jack, another description. Jack is a confused person. He's like, some days he might be a cowboy. Yep. Some days he might be a pirate. So that's kind of the Austin vibe, it's like Austin a mix vibes. between a cowboy and a pirate and uh, a hippie, maybe a maybe, little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's Jack. I've had people say that. They're like, what are your vibes, man? I was like, I'm from Austin. Ah, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I guess that works. Well, yeah, I grew up in Austin, Texas. Um, family background. My dad grew up really strict Catholic. Um, okay. He would consider himself not a man of no faith, but just grew up just really disciplined with mass and everything that, that was required. And so when he got to college years, kind of just said no to that. And my mom grew up openly agnostic. Um, and so that kind of fed into me and my sister's life. They were really giving us the choice if we wanted to experience anything. Um, and so me and my sister were like, no. Um, we like our Sunday morning sleeping in. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up, you know, I had those friends who were devout Christians, you know, going to church, going to youth camps, you know, trying to pour their lives into me. But then I had, in high school, the other side of things, those who were actively drinking, smoking pot, you know, trying to get us to do dumb things. And I kind of found myself in the middle of those two friend groups. 
Um, and then in high school, was a big football player. Um, Texas high school football was my religion. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask what your what your religion was. <laughs> if you're agnostic, everyone has a religion, even if they don't yeah. acknowledge it. So now we know Texas, yeah, it was high, Texas school high school football. There's um, a lot of shows about that, oh, so yeah. I can totally understand mm. that culture. So that show was filmed like the town over from my house. So <laughs> okay. like, uh, it resonates with me a lot. Coach Taylor. Mm. But yeah, I would have said I was an agnostic, but yeah, Friday night lights were my Sunday services, practices, lifting weights, going to film, loved it all. Um, was recruited to play some high D2 football, so a little bit of Southern Ivy League schools reached out too. Um, but as a football player, I found myself to be dominant, but also to be a leader. I recognized at a young age um, in high school that like when I spoke, people followed. When I spoke, people listened whether that be a fellow offensive lineman um, or my coach or the quarterback behind me. You know, I played center, and if you know anything about football, the center is basically the second quarterback on the offense. Um, and at the time, you know, our quarterback my senior year was a sophomore, so I led the team. And so I just fed into that, and I recognized looking back that that was like the very first real idol in my life it was just being a captain, being a leader. And so I just loved every bit of it. Um, once I decided that I didn't want to further my football career because I'm six one, no, I wasn't making it to the league. <laughs> um, I already had one knee surgery at the time. Um, I decided I wanted to go to Alabama. So Bama was the goal. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. I missed that in your story. Mm -hmm. You were going. To, you wanted to be in the Roll Tide. Why? Okay. Why? Can you answer a question for me? Sure. Why is an elephant the symbol of Roll Tide? What's Could the connection there? Couldn't tell you. Okay. Just wanted to make sure <laughs> that you. that was just as confusing to everyone else. Yeah, it's for sure. I'm sure there's going to be some Alabama fans oh, that yeah. will reach out. So I, I, I welcome that. I welcome that insight. <laughs> so I wanted to go to Bama. Um, I know I wanted a big football school and a big party school. Another thing about my family, my dad and my mom were in Greek life as well as my older sister. Okay. My dad was an SAE. My mom was a Zeta. And my sister was a Kappa at Texas Tech. Okay. And so growing up, I just heard these just bizarre, crazy, insane, like um, fraternity and sorority stories. And then while I was in high school, I got to visit Texas Tech when my sister was in it and go to parties as like a 17-year-old kid. And I was like, this is the show. This is what it's all about. And so I knew I wanted a school that was big on football and big on Greek life. And I wanted to follow in my father's footsteps and be an SAE. And SAE was founded at Alabama. Um, quickly found out that Alabama is very expensive to go. <laughs> um, and the cards just weren't in me. So next choice was Arkansas and Fayetteville. Um, another big Greek life school, another big football school. And so the week I was heading up there for a tour, one of my high school coaches caught me in the hallway. He's like, hey, actually, I heard you're doing this. Uh, my wife went to OSU. We were up there for homecoming last year. I think you'd love it. You should see if you can try to swing by. I'm like, for sure. I'll talk to my dad. I trust you. And yeah, the the tour for Fayetteville was on Saturday, and they had an opening in Stillwater on Friday. So my dad was like, let's make it a long weekend. And so we went, and me and my dad pulled into Stillwater Thursday late night off I-35 and 51, right into the fraternity scene, sorority scene. We're like, oh my gosh, these are castles. <laughs> um, my dad is like salivating at the mouth. I'm like all right, dude, if you're excited, I need to be excited. <laughs> so we're already pumped. And the next day we go on the tour to OSU. Everything's so green. People are so friendly. The campuses are nice. The f yeah, 
decent football team. Decent. Yeah, decent. that's a good word for it. It's like not horrible, but seven to nine wins a season. So I was like, you know, it's fairly enjoyable. Good enough. Yeah, good enough. Adequate. Adequate. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, this, this is nice. And then the next day you went to Fayetteville and me and my dad are couple of heftier guys a lot of hills in favor oh, man as a fellow heftier guy yeah. i can understand that the sweating just every mm-hmm. day uh, sitting there in class i can understand why that would be discouraging it, mm-hmm. so halfway through the tour my dad just kind of looks at me he's like you going to osu i'm like go pokes baby <laughs> and so that was it that's literally like because i owe it to a high school coach nice um just kind of recommending it and so come to that summer between freshman year um i was dating a girl at the time for about a year and a half and we decide to cut it off. I'm going to OSU. She's going to Texas Tech. So we cut it off about a week or so before I leave for Stillwater. That'll come into play later on. Um, and then for Greek life at OSU, the guys rush during the summer um, so they can move in as freshmen. Um, and so I ended up rushing fraternity that I thought was going to be just super sports heavy. And they were, but they were more alcohol heavy than sports okay um so right off the bat we are not required but kind of expected to drink heavily Mm -hmm. um and so i wanted to make a name for myself and you know have fun with my fraternity brothers and i thought that's what you did um my dad was like yeah dude that's what you do i was like okay my dad's okay with me drinking for sure let's let's go and so a month in i was just drinking a lot heavily i'm a bigger guy can hold a lot more um, so that was kind of like the start. And then a month, month and a half in, this sixth year named Gabe Littlefield, um, 6'4", uh, past bodybuilder. The guy's massive. Approached me like, you want to go work out? And I'm like, me? Don't kill me. Oh, yes, I'll do whatever you <laughs> I'd say. I'd love to, sir. <laughs> um, a sixth you. year. What do you call a sixth year? Because a fifth year is a victory lap. A sixth year, so what is that? What do we call that? His story, like real quickly came here as a freshman rush pie, got kicked out for a year hmm. and then like switched his majors a bunch of times. Okay. And then his story, he ended up founding Christ later on in okay. his life as well. Okay. So he's, we and him start working out together and he kind of just takes me under his wing. I'm like, dude, I'm just connecting with this guy, telling me his life story. Um, and then about late to mid September, my first semester there, he takes me back to the Pike House and he just walks me through an illustration using Romans six twenty three for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And he kind of just walks me through this um, illustration, and he was kind of just asking like, "Hey, do you do I have a faith? Where would you place your faith?" And I was like, "Hey, I'd say my faith's non-existent, and I don't really want any part of it. But dude, you do you. Like, mm-hmm. if you love it, go for it. Mm-hmm. Kind of that mentality." And he was like, "Well, you want to." maybe investigate and read the book of John together. I'm like, sure, I like you enough. Why not? And so me and him start meeting weekly at Aspen on Fountain Square. Um, shout out Tara. Shout out Tara. Um, shout out Jeremy. Shout mm-hmm. out half of Sunnybrook who works there. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a time out now for okay. narrator's interjection. So for those of you who are Christians who are praying for or having conversations with people who don't know Jesus, pay attention to how long this process took. Pay attention to the faithfulness that people like Mr. Littlefield and another guy who's about to insert in Mm -hmm. the story, I bet, Mm -hmm. um, took over a period of years, many conversations. Um, I heard once, and I I don't know how this is calculated, but, you know, many Muslims have a hundred conversations about Jesus before they put their faith in him. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I, again, I have no idea how they would come up with that number, but I think it's more the concept mm-hmm. that a lot of times it's not that first conversation. It may not be that first year, but stick with it. Anyway, mm-hmm. keep going. Yeah, so I start meeting up with Gabe. We start going through the book of John. And I'm like, okay, like listening. And then we get to Jesus feeding the 5,000. And that was the first point where I was like, you believe this? Like you genuinely believe that this guy just took some fish and bread and was like, I'll feed and I'm 5,000. But hey, it doesn't mention the women and children. It's yeah. really like ten to 15,000. Yeah. I'm like, you believe this? Like, all right. Um, so I was kind of like, that was like the start of my doubt for yeah, sure. This is freshman year. Freshman fall. 2017. 2016. Okay. 2016. Um, but through meeting with Gabe, I'm introduced to a guy named Brandon Reitz, um, who was discipling Gabe at the time. Um, and so I start hanging out with both of them. And so I'm like, all right, Gabe, like you're five years older than me. Brandon's like ancient, like <laughs> to me. Um, we start hanging out and Brandon starts trying to, you know, pour his life into me. Um, I eventually ended up going to their uh, ministries winter conference called SMC in Oklahoma City. You know, a bunch of breakout sessions, a bunch of big speakers come. You know, I generally enjoyed my time. Like, I had fun. Like, 20 of my pledge brothers went. And at the time, like, in 2016, Pike would not be, like, considered a faith house at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had, I enjoyed my time. But then after that, I felt like every time I met up with Gabe or Brandon, it kind of felt like they were just pushing me to make a decision for Christ. Um, but also recognizing that, like, hey, they kind of just wanted to insert some biblical truth um, where I had secular truth. Um, so February 4th of 2017, we're all in the jam, us three, and Brandon kind of just looks at me and he's like, what's holding you back? Mm. I'm like, oh, nothing, I guess. He's like, all right, let's go upstairs and let's do this. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, prayed a little bit, and I had a legit emotional experience. Like, Brandon can tell you, like, I was bawling in the Colvin. Um, but kind of walked away, wiped my tears away, and I was like, I'm done. Because mm. as I'm meeting with them at the same time, again, still drinking heavily, finding joy in that. Uh, was elected to exec on my fraternity as a freshman, which is just really unheard of. So the leader in me comes out. Um, I'm making straight A's. A part of me is, is I want to please my father. And if I was making straight A's, I'd get the slap on the back. Like, mm. good job, son. Mm. Um, and then I actually got re- back together with my high school girlfriend. And so as a secular couple, you do secular sexual things. Mm. And so those are kind of like the four main things in my life at the time. Um, that I was following. So that mixed with like Gabe and Brandon kind of, I felt disingenuously pushing stuff on me. Sure. So Looking, did you make like a, like a blanket faith statement? Yes. Or I made a blanket okay. profession of faith. So very much parable of the sower kind of moment. Yes. Sprang up quickly and then gone before mm. you even walked out the yes. door. That's yes. pretty interesting. Okay. So mm. parable of the sower coming yeah. to my mind. That's like, that's why I know. Cause it's like, it, like I genuinely remember like being emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, immediately cut Gabe and Brandon out of my life. Okay. We're just like, dude, I'm tired of you guys just pushing this on me, and I love the world more. So you, you recognized, like, what they were asking, and mm-hmm. you knew what it would cost. Yeah. You even kind of could see what who Jesus was, and you were like, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, that's John. We're going yep. through John at Sunnybrook, and all the time you're hearing, seeing people they kind of recognize part of who Jesus is and they just say, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. So that was you. You were saying no, thank you to Jesus. No, thank you to what they were offering. You're good. You like what you're doing. Yep. Um, So kind of just pushed them out of my life and then came back as a sophomore that following semester. And, you know, I'm a sophomore now in the fraternity. I'm not a wee freshman. 
still on exec, had started working at the Colvin. And so I'm balancing a lot of plates, but doing it well in my eyes. You know, I'm drinking a lot, making straight A's, working a job, involved in my fraternity, involved on campus a little bit, having a girlfriend. So to me, I'm Superman in my fraternity. I can do it all. And these freshmen are like, dude, like Jack can not only tutor me, but he can also chug a bottle of Jack Daniels with me. This is crazy. Oh, my goodness. That um, sounds like death. Um, like, literally, how did you not die? I mean, that's... So that was, like, what I found a lot of my reputation is, like, who can drink the fastest, goodness the quickest, and still, quote-unquote, be sober. Here's a moment where you can look back and thank the Lord for protecting you from not being a dead person. <laughs> that is true. Goodness. Um, And so, yeah, just the two years fly by, sophomore and half a junior year, and I'm just partying making good grades hanging out with my friends you know still with my girlfriend yeah just really just getting so sucked into the world and what it can Mm. offer me Mm. um in junior winter break i go to austin for new year's to hang out with all my high school friends my girlfriend's going to be there and as i have been getting more and more sucked into the world and what it can offer my girlfriend is having the opposite effect and i've been noticing it for some time so I was like, I met with Gabe as a freshman. She met with some girl from Crew on Texas Tech. Okay, kept meeting up with this girl from Crew. Okay, then it was in like a D group kind of weekly rotation. Then it was leading a Bible study in her sorority. Then it was leading a Greek-wide Bible study. And it was like, okay. But there wasn't any sexual conviction. So we were still doing stuff. And so I was like, are you in or are you out mm. as a non-believer? Yeah. And so, hey, by the way, I want to keep doing this, but you're not doing whatever you're saying yeah, you're doing. Yeah, like, yeah. And what's so, going on? So, like, I was kind of like, she's like, why aren't you going to church? Why aren't you in your Bible? I'm like, we're not really doing what the Bible says here. That's interesting. So, even as a non-Christian, you still understood yes. kind of the expectations of what following mm-hmm. Jesus meant. That's very and so, interesting. so, winter break, after New Year's, we've been dating three and a half years. Hmm. And we're like, okay, college is coming to a close. Like, we should think about marriage. Like, and so I kind of... Ask her a couple of questions, one of them being like, hey, I'm not going to go to church when we're married. Is that okay? And she's like, yes. I'm like, all right, uh, for sure. Um, and then the follow-up question was like, okay, we both want kids, right? Right. What happens when I'm 10? No, when the kids are 10. <laughs> when the kids are 10, I'm on the Lazy Boy Sunday morning, and you're taking them to church. And they're like, mom, I want to stay home with dad and don't want to go to church. And she said, oh, I'll be devastated. And I'm like, Okay. As a non-believer, I was recognizing we weren't yoked at all. And so I broke it off because I was like, I just can't see myself doing that to you. Mm. Like, if this means that much to you, I can't be that gold medal. I just can't. Mm. And so I broke up with her and then went back to Stillwater. I'm like, I'm a free man, first time single in, in Stillwater. And I turned 21 two weeks later. And I was like, that couldn't have been a worse time. Because mm. um, as I'm like... That's how kind of how guys work. They break up and they're like, "Oh, I'm free." And girls kind of feel everything at the moment. Um, and then that switches. Yeah, and it switches down the <laughs> a road month later. Yeah. <laughs> so like, as I turn 21, I'm like at the bars Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just drinking as much as I can, hanging out with my fraternity brothers, just being a fool. Um, and then like halfway through February, I'm like, I miss her. Oh mm-hmm. my god! Like Murphy's, like just, just like so sad. So this is 2020 February. COVID's about to hit. No, this is 2020. This is 2019. 2019. 2019. Okay. okay. 2019, February 2019. I'm like, so me and her start talking again. Um, 
she starts dating another guy like a month later. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like we date, I got my my chopped liver. <laughs> like, yeah. and so that kind of really hurt. Um, and so then I kind of just start spiraling at the mm. time. So don't have her, and then my roommate in the fraternity is overseas for stu- he's studying abroad. So I'm alone a lot of the times, and I'm naturally an introvert, but I can just speak well and love people, and so I'm just alone a lot. Like I go to class, I come home, and I just stay in my room, or I'm out drinking, and so I just have a lot of time alone to think, which just wasn't healthy for yeah. me. Um, you know, dark place, really dark. So started this whole process of wow, like I just treated her so bad. Hmm. That led into, wow, I treat everybody so bad, which led into, I don't deserve to be alive. Hmm. And so I remember just for like a month or two, just in this headspace of like, Jack, you don't deserve to live. Well, you should take your life. Well, and only four people knew about it. Like didn't tell my family, like my little in the fraternity and his best friend knew. And then my buddy Logan from high school knew, and then another pledge brother named Grace knew. So only four people I brought in because mm. I was just like, I can't let my reputation, even when I'm on the verge of killing myself, like I can't let my reputation tank. I just can't. Mm. I need to put on this facade that I'm amazing. And so these four guys were hanging out with me a lot. And it came a point I remember in my room, my little is in there. I'm like, Cade, I'm either going to kill myself or run away tonight. I don't know which is going to happen. Mm. And he stayed with me. So I owe a lot to him. Like, I really do. Um, come March, I'm, I'm working at the Colvin and working out there and somehow have never bumped into him. But this one day, I bump into Brandon Reitz again. And if you know Brandon, a lot of energy for an older guy. He's like, oh, Jack, man. oh, my gosh, how have you been? And Mason's with him, his young son. Probably been praying for you this whole time, mm-hmm. two and a half years, three years. So it's him and Mason. He's like, how you been? And I, if you know anything about me, I'm an open book. I'll shoot you straight. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm finding it hard to live today. And Mason's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> then Mason goes into some counseling and <laughs> yeah. ministry because that dude's a baller. Um, and then Brandon's like, "Let's, you want to lift on Thursday? I'm like, yeah. Chest? I'm like, oh, I'm there. <laughs> um, and so I'm like going into this lifting with Brandon. I'm like, all right, I know he's going to try to lay the gospel on me or something, but he's a good guy. And I need someone in my life that I, I know won't tell my parents. Which, like, by the way, Brandon, his story is pretty cool. His, yeah. But then also for from Brandon's side sharing mm-hmm. this story about Jack is pretty fun. We're going to have him on the podcast here in a few weeks, so that'll be fun too. Mm-hmm. So we go and we go to the, the bench press as one does when you're a pike. <laughs> um, and we're lifting, and he's just like, tell me everything. And I just felt like comfortable i was like dude i don't really know you but i'm gonna tell you everything i don't know brandon just has that about him yeah you feel comfortable in his presence and i started telling him and he's just like wow like and you, it's like he's not listening he's hearing me like mm-hmm. he is hearing what i'm saying and so that's another thing i noticed we started benching and he shares the gospel with me with the bench press analogy <laughs> and, nice. and so like his example that i remember is like imagine you're benching a thousand pounds you're for sure getting it to your chest like that's a given and now it's about getting the the bar off your chest and I kind of remember what he said. He's like, if Jesus is spotting you, he's like, have faith in me and I'll lift the bar. That's all he's going to say. I'm like, okay. And it's like, if Muhammad or Allah is here, he's going to say, work out twice a day, eat eight times a day, sleep eight hours, drink enough water and take steroids, the five pillars of Islam. And then does that for every other major religion. And I'm like, what? Hmm. He's like, you see the difference? I'm like, yes, I see the difference. It's like, okay. And so then from then on, we start meeting like weekly, twice a week, three times a week for the next mm. month and a half. Mm. 
and it goes to like, hey, read these seven verses this week. So like my quote unquote quiet time would be Second Corinthians five seventeen, John three sixteen, mm-hmm. Romans six twenty three, Romans five eight. Mm-hmm. Like just one big key verses in the New Testament. And then that led into like, okay, I'm gonna start reading like a chapter or just a passage of scripture mm-hmm. at a time. So that goes on for like a month and a half. And it's like late April. We're still having conversations. But I still have, I see my mood start to change just by hanging out with Brandon, reading these verses. Um, I'm actually called out of my fraternity for doing that, like, which was crazy. I'm like, I haven't even made any decision yet. And I'm just reading a couple of verses and talking about what I'm learning. And I'm getting called out for my faith. So, which was interesting to me. It's a thing that Pike does where you kind of settle grievances with one another kind of just you know set the ties for the next year and someone said that i was too religious or something that i was only doing it to get my girlfriend back and i was like interesting that's not what's going on you just because he and then like those four buddies in my life were like you dude he just doesn't know don't take it too seriously i'm like okay so i go home for easter weekend 2019 not for easter just to see my parents Mm -hmm. and at the time me and my ex are still talking and she's like, oh, my gosh, you're coming to faith? That's crazy. Like, oh, my gosh. And so she's, like, having a second win for mm-hmm. me. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm at home in my dad's office. I'm on the phone with her. Horrible conversation. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, we both said things we regret. Uh, you know, I've settled that since then. But I get off the phone at 2.22 a.m., um, April 23rd, 2019. And I'm sitting there in my dad's office floor, you know, Indian style. And just, like just broken like just utterly broken and in all the emotions of like this past six months past years kind of hits me at once and i'm sitting there i'm like start praying for mm-hmm. the first time and i'm like god i don't know who you are i don't know who i am but it seems the life you can offer is better than what i'm living mm-hmm. i'm tired of being broken i'm tired of living a lie and it just all hit me and i start weeping like just utterly weeping. You two have seen me at staff retreat, just weeping. And I, you know, I was like, God, I believe that you are true. I believe that your son died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that if I make him Lord of my life, I will live a better life, Hmm. a life that is abundant and full. And I just start crying. And this next part is still a little weird for people to hear sometimes. Instantly get super cold, just freezing. Hmm. And I feel a hand touch me on the back. And from that moment there, I'm like, there's nobody in this entire world that can ever tell me God is not real. Because mm. I felt him in his presence and I felt him touch me. Wow. And I was like, and I woke up that next morning like, holy cow. Wow. I, this just happened. What's next? Yeah. So I go back. It's dead week. So two weeks left of school. I'm like, Brandon, you won't believe it. <laughs> I gave my life to Christ. And like, we're in the gym, like shouting, people wow. looking at us. And he's like... So Brandon's the head of this student ministry called STUMO, Student Mobilization, and they have a summer program called Kaleo. It's nine weeks long, um, helps disciple young adults, you know, Bible reading, sharing their faith, scripture memory, the whole nine yards. He's like, dude, you should go to Kaleo. And I'm like, okay, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm not committing social suicide. Like, pump the brakes, buddy. Because in Pike, like, if you're part of STUMO, like, you're a weirdo. Hmm. Like, you take faith way too serious. So I'm like, dude... I gotta, I'm about to be a senior. If I don't get an internship, my dad will disown me. Hmm. And he's like, just pray about it. I'm like, all right, dude, I'll pray about it. So I start praying about it. 
And at the time, I had like five to ten internships that I was communicating with. Like, I'd already had an interview with, was sending emails back and forth. They all fall through in that week. Wow. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> okay, I cannot, like, stop thinking and seeing from the outside the spiritual battle that's just taking yeah. place. Like, darkness mm-hmm. just trying to overtake you and the light just never giving up. Mm-hmm. I mean, goodness gracious, that is amazing. Wow. Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, I'm like, Brandon, I don't have any internships for this summer. He's like, so you're going to Kaleo? I guess I'm going to Kaleo. <laughs> I talk it through with my parents. My dad's so mad. My mom's like, okay, like, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so I end up there, and it just kind of skyrockets me on this journey. Like, mm. two weeks into my faith, I go on the beach with some guy from OU named Mason who I've never met, and we're supposed to share our faith. I'm like, I don't even know what my faith is right wow. now, <laughs> um, but I love it. I'm like, oh, these are hard conversations. If you know anything about me, I love mm-hmm. hard conversations. Um, and so I start reading my Bible for the first time. Brandon's like meeting with me daily. Um, I start reading the book of James. Mm. And I know that's a personal favorite for you, and that was impactful in your story. But every time I'm opening the Bible, I'm just like, I feel like I'm getting a dagger. I'm like, oh, my gosh. like <laughs> Just conviction. Um, and I only read the book of James that summer. So for nine weeks, I only read five chapters. Wow. But it changed me. Yeah. That summer changed my life. And so I come back. I'm the pledge trainer in Pike. So the guy who's in charge of all the new kids. I have wow. 60 kids that I'm in charge of. And so Pike is kind of looking at me as like, dude, you better haze them like so bad. And I have this new faith. And I'm like, dude, we should encourage them. Like we should lift them up to be better men. Wow. And so like I'm battling my exec team, battling the guys in my fraternity, but the pledges love it. They're like, oh, this guy's like genuinely cares for me. And so I'm actively trying to share my faith with them, share my testimony as much as I can, telling them like this life that is going to be pushed on you is not worth it. Hmm. It cannot fill your cup and it will not fill your cup. Trust me, I know. Wow. And so that whole year, I'm like learning to really be a Christian, but also learning to outpour my life into yeah. others. Um, Which, by the way, is not just Jack speak. That is legit. If you go into town with Jack, you will be frustrated because every two minutes, some college kid will come up and just <laughs> hug him and start talking to him. And you're like, hey, I was here first. Back it up. But people love you. You know what I mean? Like. That is a legit thing, the your thing you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, being a leader, and then you now as a Christian starting to pour yourself into people mm-hmm. and people being drawn to that. So God using how he made you originally mm-hmm. and then sanctifying that. Yeah. I see that, you know, just out and about. People are drawn to you, and you are the kind of pe- person people know you care about them, and people know you're going to point them to mm-hmm. Jesus. So I love Appreciate that, man. That. So, yeah, senior year, I'm just like learning to be a Christian. That's really all I'm doing. Um, the spring comes around and like we hear some murmurs of like COVID going on overseas. And you're like, ah, it's not going to hit us. No way. Yeah. Like we're in the West. Yeah. Little did we know. And so March happens, school gets shut down and my parents flip out. Like they're so scared. And so I go home, I leave Stillwater, I go home and I'm just hanging out with them. But me and Brandon are calling weekly, like, Hey, checking in, you know, how's everything going? And at the time, I'm like, dude, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like, as, before Faith, I wanted to be a talent acquisition agent for Adidas. I wanted to sign athletes mm. to the brand. That was the goal. And then as soon as I became a Christian, I was like, I don't want to do anything in the marketplace ever. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to be a missionary in China. You know, I want to do crazy things with my life, yeah. things that are worth it. 
And while I'm at home, I'm like kind of voicing these opinions to my parents. And my dad was like, oh, so you hate your family and never want to see us again. I'm like, not what I said, but like in my head, my thinking is like, you have a higher chance of accepting Christ here in the States than anybody in China does. So I'm going to go. So that was like a really big ambition of mine was going to go to China. Um, But then listening to my dad, he's like, you need a steady career. So I literally almost enlisted in the Air Force Hmm. just to like, I know I'll have a job throughout COVID. It's stable, has a paycheck. Um, Luckily, they said I was too fat to be a pilot. So I'm (laughs) like... God is working. Barrel chested. Say barrel, barrel maker. Barrel, barrel chested. chested. They're like, you're a little too heavy. And I'm like, I mean, I'm really not that big. But okay. <laughs> um, and so I'm talking to Brandon. He's like, dude, take a gap year. You don't know who you are as a follower of Christ. And you don't even know what you want to do. Take a gap year. If you're going to be on your own, Stillwater is a better place to do it than like Dallas or Austin. I'm like, that is so true. And so I moved back to Stillwater like in May. Um, I was like, all right, I need a job. My dad said he's got rent for two months. After that, I'm on my own. And so I applied to be a pharmaceutical tech at a bunch of places in town because I know they pay decent. And I applied at Chick-fil-A. I was like, I think I heard great things. And applied Chick-fil-A, um, go through the interview process, and then I'm leaving like the second interview. Like, hey, great talk. We'll email you Monday if you have the job. Like five minutes later, that, that manager calls me. Do you have, are you free in an hour to meet with the operator? I'm like, the operator? What is this? The CIA? Like, and I'm like, yeah, I'll be back. Oh, the blessed James Walker enters the story. And so I go into Chick-fil-A when it's closed. You know, I walk into James' office, which is the play place. Yep. He's sitting on a slide. He's sitting on a slide. (laughs) I sit in front of him. I'm like, hello. And he's like, you know, James, like very intentional ask a lot of questions and so he's just asking me about my life and he comes to a question he's like what's your purpose and I'm like make disciples he's like what like go on like where does it say that I'm like the bible he's like I know (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like Matthew 28 he's like tell me that verse so I tell him the great commission and he's like okay that's amazing and he's like why do you want to be a pharmaceutical tech I'm like I need money he's like I can give you money He's like, I think there's another purpose for you here. And then explains his whole life story to me. And I'm like, we meet for an hour and a half. I'm like, I walk out, get a call as I'm like opening my car door. You start on Monday. Um, I'm like, okay, great. And then as soon as I start working, James just kind of pulls me aside. He's like, just disciples me. Like mm-hmm. just intentionally he's like, hey, like kind of reconstructing some lies I've been believing about myself. Like, hey, just because you're a leader doesn't mean you're prideful. That's how God made you. Mm. And so he's like, walk in these shoes that God is laying out for yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's an, whoa, okay, yeah. And so yeah. I start leading in Chick-fil-A, start leading a Bible study with four high school kids named Isaac, Isaac, Enoch, and Noah. And <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I lead a Bible study with them. I'm like, and so I'm listening to James tell me, hey, this is a ministry field. You need to see it as that. Don't see it as a paycheck. And then I'm like, as soon as I make that head shift, I see it as a ministry field. I'm mm. like having conversations. Mm. I'm like, this is crazy. Um, so then because of James and like how he's just walking his life as a Chick-fil-A opera, I'm like, dude, I could see myself doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of my gap years, this is fall 2020 to spring 2021. I'm like, that's the goal. I'm going to own a Chick-fil-A. I'm going to 
disciple 150 employees at a time. I can do that. Mm-hmm. The back of my head, so like, I don't make $400,000 or something a year. Mm-hmm. I'll please my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then summer 2021 comes up. Kaleo's happening. I'm two years out of college at this point. A year out of college, whatever it may be. And I get a, f- a phone call or I talk to Brandon and I was like, Hey, I kind of want to go back, but like, no, no, like I know I'm old and I don't know anybody's like, I'll talk to some people and see the next day. I have a, like three missed calls from him. He's like, you need to call Pete from OU. Who's the OU director? I'm like, okay, call Pete. And Pete's like, we have four upperclassmen Fiji who are party animals who just came to faith in the last six to eight months. We have no idea who can lead them spiritually. Do you want to ride? I'm like, I'll ride. Nice. And so I talked to James, like, hey, can I take this summer off? He's like, for sure, go. And so I go to to Kaleo again as a 23-year-old out of college leading these four hooligans from OU, and I just have a blast doing ministry. One of them's from Joel Osteen's church. One of them is from a Catholic family. One of them's a cultural Christian. One of them's an atheist. They have all come to faith in the last six to eight months. So I'm doing hard ministry for really hard different conversations mm-hmm. every day and i am just loving it i'm like this is awesome this is awesome and at the time they had me to lead a world prayer so at the summer they'd have like world prayer groups where you just go and learn about another faith yeah and they picked me to lead china so i'm like this desire comes back i'm like oh my gosh so i'm telling 50 kids every week about the brokenness of china and how much the gospel is needed. i'm like so through that summer i come off the summer okay i want to be in ministry I think I may want to go overseas. Hmm. Like, this is crazy. Um, and so I get back to work at Chick-fil-A, and I start the residency program at Sunnybrook, meet you and the staff for the first time. And then that, like, even opens up a, no- a new door. <laughs> like, I've been a part of, like, a parachurch, kind of a part of Sunnybrook, but now I'm, like, the church. You know, reading Ephesians, like, the church is the way. And I'm, like, oh, my gosh. But still really wanting to go overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going through the residency program with you and Rachel Madden and just loving my time here, like just loving it and kind of not loving my time at Chick-fil-A as much. Like, oh, I wish I could be at Sunnybrook full time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I had to pay the bills and Chick-fil-A was a ministry field. Yep. Like I did recognize yep. that. And so through that residency, it's just like, okay, kind of, again, you helping me step into the shoes God has given me. So like, okay, I can speak well. Okay, I can teach, I can preach, I can have really hard conversations. I can say harsh things in a loving manner that people will listen to. So I'm learning all these things about me, but like, dude, I, I want to go overseas. I want to experience overseas for a little bit. Um, Stumo offers me full-time job in Hyderabad, India. Mm-hmm. I'm talking with uh, Campus Outreach to go overseas for two years, and then you present the idea of mustard seed. Um, yeah, and so I start investigating all these three things. Um, Stumo, just love Stumo, just didn't feel comfortable with what they were doing in Hyderabad, and that's okay. CO Lead um, was a two-year program. I just wasn't ready to make that type of commitment. And then Mustard Seed was like a, more of an internship opportunity, and I was like, okay, I like that more. Um, and then a little old lady came into the picture. Um, I started dating this girl, um, and we're having a blast. And that kind of doesn't take away my desire to go overseas. I'm just like, hey, this is like such a great opportunity God has given me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning how to date as a Christian man and having a blast. Um, and so that I'm kind of focusing on that a lot, which I don't think was bad. And then February comes around. We part ways and that's okay. And then 
go to Poland and Mexico within a month. I'm like, dude, overseas, this is awesome. To the border of Ukraine? To the we border of Ukraine. There, like, I'm just crazy. like, this is awesome. Like, oh, this is so cool. And then the borders open up for Japan. And I'm like, dude, Chick-fil-A is closing down to get remodeled. Like, I have nothing else on my plate. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And I raised the support in two months. I'm like, did not expect that to happen. And so I joined your friend San Martin in Sendai. Mm. And just like really fall in love with church planting. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm having conversations here that I didn't get to have during the residency just because it's a different church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a different um, age of a church, yep. you know, different setting, different context. You know, Americans are dealing with different idols than Japanese people are dealing with. Yep. Um, and so just come off this past summer just with like a heart for the world. Um, I know I'll always play a role in overseas missions, whether I'm going, sending, mobilizing, supporting, mm-hmm. I know I will always have that heart. Yep. Um, so now I'm just trying to bloom where I'm planted. I know I want to be in full-time ministry, could see myself as a missionary, could see myself as a church planner or a high school minister. Um, just don't really know where that looks. I have yep. a lot of different options, which I'm glad that God has given me those options and allow me to kind of faithfully choose. Mm. Um, so right now I'm sticking here for a year, start my Ozarks master's program in biblical studies. I'm like, Hey, I'm a oh, young baby. Christian Greek, right? Greek one and on. hermeneutics this semester. That's awesome. Yeah. This is a desire to like, Hey, I'm a young Christian. I just want to know more about the Bible yeah. as I speak about it. But then too, like I've always had this desire to be a father. And now as a Christian, I'm like, that's a different thing as a Christian father. Like I am called to lead my family yeah. and decipher my kids. Well, yeah. not saying my dad didn't raise me a uh, didn't do an awesome job, just wasn't a Christian. Sure. So I want to instill those Christian disciplines into my future sons and daughters. And I think this degree will help me with that as well as prepare me for a life of ministering. Yeah. Um, but yeah, working at Chick-fil-A, meeting with college kids, high school kids, just having a blast. It's awesome. Yeah. Man, I hope, um, I hope you all are super challenged and encouraged by that because that's Jack. Uh, Jack is a guy who you're going to fall in love with if you meet him and he'll probably point out any sin in your life in your first <laughs> meeting and then you'll leave like, wow, I love him and I need to go read the Bible and I need to pray a little bit and I need to repent of some sin and I love him. <laughs> so uh, that's Jack. Man, Jack is a kind of guy he would love to talk to you. So if mm-hmm. you're interested in getting to know Jack or want to hire Jack or um, <laughs> yeah, just want to want to sit down, have coffee, he would love to contact you. So reach out to us here at the church always contact Steve you can email him he can get a hold of any one of us um, Jack just to you I love you it is crazy love to think brother. we've only known each other a year it mm-hmm. feels like it's been a oh, lifetime yes. it's weird You're my brother and I don't know if that's always good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah known each other a year now and man I think a lifetime of joy and ex- so excited mm-hmm. to see you have so many great opportunities before you mm-hmm. just keep walking in faithfulness these are all great things, you know, you're, cho- you're, the Lord may not write on the wall what you're supposed mm-hmm. to do. We've talked about this, yeah. but you've got great options, great opportunities. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Chick-fil-A operator, planting churches in Japan or, uh, becoming a youth minister, I think the Lord is going to work in you and through you as you walk faithfully toward him. So thank you for your faith. Thank you for encouraging me and so many others keep, uh, being a crisis man, pointing people to Jesus, making them 
do what Donny did to you, <laughs> right? Yes, sir. Appreciate Man, the good uh, words. for those of uh, those of us who are listening, let this be an encouragement to continue praying for those that are lost. Continue sharing the gospel. It can take years, hundreds of conversations to to see people come to Christ, but it's worth it. It is worth the difficulty. Um, there is a spiritual battle going on in the background in all of this, and we may not be able to see it in the moment, but man, stepping back from your story, mm-hmm. I can see that. And uh, Paul talks about that a lot. So let's do our part to pray, uh, to walk faithfully toward Jesus, and to ask others to do the same.